It's Rise, the place to see, the place to be. Stop by for a healthy shake or refreshing, energizing tea. No time to waste? Call ahead for easy, quick pickup. Located off Barry Road in Kansas City, Missouri, call 816-326-7456 or visit today. Rise Nutrition, it's time to go. I know I'm fine, but the money makes me handsomer. Walk around smelling like a come up in the answer for her problems, but I'm not him, I don't mind it though. You don't like me how you think you do, I like it though. I know I'm fine. Welcome in, welcome in. What up, what up, what up, what up, dreams and dreamettes? Oh, Clay. What? <laughs> Something's in my throat. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, get it man. out. You got a lot of talking to do, Todd. Better get a big water. one tonight. Yes, sir. We're welcoming in, welcoming in um, a guy that I've known from way back in the day. Do you go by Chris or Christopher? Chris. Chris <laughs> Williams. Christopher only found him in trouble. Oh. Used by my mom. Uh, yeah. If you hear Christopher, yeah. What if she says Christopher? That you're in trouble too. <laughs> I said, "Oh shit, I'm in trouble." Man, we've been talking about bringing you on for a while. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just trying to. There's always shit going on, yeah. man. All busy and. Um, but we finally got you here, so I'm glad. I'm glad you came in, and uh, so like I said, I've known you. Forever, not that I've seen you, but um, like we were saying before we started, probably oh four oh five, I think is when I met you. So way back in the day, right out of college, and or into college, right out of high school, back working at Sprint and Best Buy and hanging out with Jo, good times, partying and Oof. doing the club circuit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a yeah. Mm. So it's good times though, but now we're all adults. Yes, something like be. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. try to be. Um, no, but I wanted to. I wanted to just obviously we'll catch up too, and and uh, you just got a great story that I think a lot of people need to hear, and not just for um, the heart side of things, but I think uh, I think there's some parallels to just life in general like oh, that yeah. people can take away yeah, especially right now yeah you know we're coming off a little over two years of covid and just uh, the mental state of the country and and you know me and todd we talk about just i don't know like we were like i feel like the past few episodes talking about uh spreading kindness and and um being nice to each other and just things for people to get through life and and all that so i think there's some parallels that people can take away from your story tonight that yes sir um that'll be great but um but you grew up did where were you born were you born in kansas city yeah wanda county born and raised in wanda county oh gotcha yeah because i i mean we met we were yeah, I was up we more. were drinking age already <laughs> by the time we met so about to show my age mm-hmm. yeah. and the yeah. dot the dot that's right <laughs> So grew up here, and um, where'd you go to high school at? Wanda High School. I went to Slego my first two years. Hated yeah. it. It went to Wanda my last two years. I yeah. literally lived around the corner for Wanda, but back then they was busting us out to Slego. And uh, I finally did. You like about, one over the other? Oh yeah, I was a Wanda bred. You know, growing up around the corner from it, um, where I learned how to play basketball and everything down there in the inner city. 
And Slango was fine. He just, it was just, I just didn't like it at yeah. all. You know, um, finally talked my mom and let me go where all my friends was going. And so we had to use somebody's ass dress yeah. to go there and stuff. There so, you go. Yeah. But I don't got no wrong with Slego. Yeah. Anything like that. Just, I'm just And you played sports in high school? Man, I just played basketball. Yeah. I didn't touch football, and I was too skinny for football. They would have broke my. First, we had some crazy ass people wind up, man. I was 6'5 and 185. So I also. You were all into the basketball. That was a yes, good. Uh, I was a walking stick. Yeah. And I was too short for basketball. <laughs> so it didn't matter how much I yeah. practiced. Yeah. I it needed was, to get to at least that six foot. Yeah. I only did my mom would have let me play. I was the only child, so oh she, really? Yeah, she was pretty protective growing up. So, yeah. did you? Uh, my first sport was baseball, though. You liked baseball. My first sport was baseball until I got hit in the eye, the nuts, all in the same game, and <laughs> I walked it. off the field. That was, I mean, walked off the field like in the seventh grade. Was like, your mom nope. there? Yep. She said, "Let's go, mom. But I'm done. That's, That's it. it. That's a wrap." That's what you want to get Cato A lot of people don't know that. So a lot of people don't know, but that was my first sport. That was hilarious. But then uh, from my eighth grade year to my ninth grade year, over the summer, I grew from 5'11 to 6'3". That's when I started playing, taking basketball serious. My knees used to hurt so bad because I was growing so fast. I used to have to sit in the classroom with ice packs on my knees because I was growing so fast. But, yeah. Yeah. But I I like baseball first. I hit 5'11 and stuck. <laughs> and then started growing out. Uh, yeah. I haven't stopped growing since. Well, it's been terrible. Yeah. I mean, I was. Yeah, I was wondering. Did uh, that's the reason why I ask is later on with what we'll get into with the heart stuff. But was there something that could have been found early on that that dealt with that no, from sports? Just, okay, just a virus just attacked my heart. All of a sudden, gotcha. Two thousand twelve. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in this area and, uh, that's what, with the baseball though, isn't that what you want? That's kind of, that's Cato. Yeah, that's, that's him. That's where the money's at oh, too. Yeah. Oh yeah. If I was smart, I would stay without, for baseball. Without, I know <laughs> yeah. getting hit in the eye and nuts yeah. doesn't work. It is but, game. Yeah. Which is funny because, uh, I play baseball as well and that's why I quit. <laughs> I got hit, I got hit in the jaw. I hit oh, yeah. the jaw, and then I got hit one more time when I was up to bat in the, in the cleat, and I was like, I'm done. Yeah. I was doing a uh, grounder and just poof, right into the eye. Yeah. Then I got hit in the nuts. And you yeah, were a man. baseball guy. Oh, yeah. That's what kind of your sport was baseball forever. Yeah. Played till I was 18. That's kind of all I remember. I mean, baseball, you were just, whether it was summer league or yep. high school. Played or in all whatever. the summer leagues. Yeah. Front yard, backyard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I love football. Mm-hmm. I think what got me though, so when I transferred from Liberty to Kearney my junior senior year, and I loved basketball too, but like I said, <laughs> I'm vertically challenged. And in Liberty, everybody was over six foot. And I thought I was good. And I played every day and, and played <laughs> Parks and Rec every summer. Yeah. And then you go up against these cats. I was like, no. This is not my sport. <laughs> and football was a lot more competitive, too, because you got a big pool oh, of yes. kids to pick from. Yeah. I go to Kearney, and it's like automatically, I mean, you could have made every team. It's yeah. smaller pool to pick from. But the first year I went there, it's like they had my number because I came from Liberty, yeah. so which was, I think at the time, 5A, and Kearney was still 4A. Yeah. 
And I remember like my first week of practice, this was Coach Thomas back then. And he, he goes, he goes, yeah, we got a big shot from Liberty. So the, <laughs> the I was going uh-huh, to play linebacker. And they lined me up against the whole team. It was like 40-some players, but it didn't matter. It was like 40-some car wrecks. <laughs> <laughs> Ten yards yep. apart. And they each took turns. I had a wow. 10 yard. And then, you know, I went through the practice and all that. And then by the, But by the time season rolled around, like I got nervous and got out of Bell it. Shit. And I And I wish <laughs> I wouldn't have because then they went on and won. Oh, Liberty always been tough on football. And Carney won the state championship that year with Tommy Saunders mm-hmm. and uh, Brock Christopher. And, I mean, they had some talent. So, but now I'm selling decoys and ammo. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Whatever. I ain't no with that. And worked right? with two of your guys yeah. that, that you uh, yes. worked with. Yeah. Yeah, that's my guys. Yeah, that's right. I will, for yeah. sure. I'll have to let them know to uh, – that I had you on. I didn't see him today. But. Um, so really to start, so you're whatever, 2007, mm-hmm. if you want to talk about it, um, was like the first big thing that happened. Yeah. So I was reading your story on like St. Luke's, mm-hmm. St. Luke's, Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah. Is that downtown Kansas City? Yeah, it's where on that's the plaza. At? It's on the plaza. All my cares do St. Luke's on the plaza. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's kind of was like the first big thing was 07 when you get yeah. shot yeah. in the chest. Yeah. Um, and kind of go, you know, what was that? What was happening? Like, Man, so I was living in Vivian Oaks, on North Oak Traffic Way at the time. Me and my first wife. And um, she just got home from her job, which she was a waitress. And um, all of a sudden, it's like probably about 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night, I hear the neighbors yelling, I'm a fuck. You up? Can we cuss on here? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, 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 you good, you good, you good. <laughs> no, who was listening? No, 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 he was yelling, "I'm gonna fuck you up." N word, yada yada yada. I'm thinking, damn, they jumping on somebody black outside. So I we'll go outside, and my little cousin was standing with me at the time. And we we'll go outside. He just said he got robbed at gunpoint. Your little cousin? Yeah, my little cousin. No, my little cousin was with me. Oh, Sam gotcha. Went to the house. We went outside to see what was going on. And he said his wife just got robbed at gunpoint. And I'm thinking, I'm instantly pissed because that could have been Annette at that time because she just got home like 10 minutes right, before that. In. And so my dumb butt jumped in my truck at the time. You know, Vivian Oaks is one way in, one way out. I didn't know what I think I was doing, like I had a pistol or something. But um, I seen the cops coming, so I turned the truck back around to go back down to the house and all of a sudden boom I get shot through my rearview mirror um, right into the chest and I look down like damn I'm shot and my little cousin jumped out the passenger side I jumped out that side the suburban just kept rolling and the only thing I can remember me just run down to the house holding my chest and uh, never saw it coming I mean that person I could be best friend with that person right now I never knew it and um, they think that he just got the Wanted to get the cops off of him. They was in on him or something like that. But yeah, never saw. You even know who it is. Mm-mm. They never, never saw did it. figure it out. Mm-mm. I had it was shot by a twenty two, so the bullet had to stay in me by six months till it came up to the surface. And a lot mm. of people don't mm. 
realized just being around guns and hunting and all yeah. that, and, and sometimes twenty two is worse. Yeah, oh, yeah. it goes in and just bounces, bounces around, around. Yep. and tears up everything. Where yeah. you get shot with like a handgun, nine millimeter, yeah. forty forty five. Yeah, the the exit wound's gonna be a little bigger, but it's gonna go through and through yeah. most of the time. Yeah. And so if it doesn't hit anything, artery or heart, whatever yeah. it may be, your chances can be pretty good. But a twenty two goes in there and. Yeah, pretty soon. That review mirror, mm-hmm. you know, it has like two panels of glass on it. It wasn't for that story or turn the, the bullet go a different direction. A little bit more to the left, I would have died instantly. Yeah. yeah. And the cops were already coming in at yeah. that time. And in the time, and I run down holding my chest. The only, you know what? The crazy part about that, it didn't even hurt. It was more that you just scared. You know, something's punch. like, oh shit, shit I'm fucked, fucked up. up. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm trying not to pass out and just waiting there. I remember getting back of the ambulance and talking about shit. I can write a rap song now. I ain't being shot. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying my best to stay woke and don't go towards the light. <laughs> trying to yeah. go towards the light. Yeah. <laughs> and to the hospital. I swear. I swear. I remember like it was yesterday and went to the hospital and and yeah, any more to the left, I would have died. That's the first time I faced death. They, so you That's go into surgery right away. Right away. I was in the hospital about three days. And, oh really? Yeah, about three days and sent me home and. Right about six months, and the bullet finally came up and took it out of my little bit of recovery time. Just a little bit of more time. some pain then. Some it, it, a lot of pain. Couldn't do. Of course, I couldn't work out and nothing like that. Couldn't put no stress on the chest or anything like that. But that's really the only thing I remember about that part is just that night. The recovery stuff. I don't even. Just man, I remember them keeping my name out the paper because I thought maybe somebody was after me. Yeah, you didn't said, know. I didn't know. This just said Good Samaritan goes after person who's robbed yeah you were just like i'm guessing from what you're saying is you know your reaction oh shit that could be my yeah, family I'm member so, things have been happening yeah because you don't know they could we the apartment got broken into i think like two weeks before that took my sons i got him one of those uh it's when the little go the little motorcycle things was popular it was like like a this, little like a little moped yeah yeah, yeah thing. Thing like and that. they had stole it and so I'm been pissed already because people shit just been happening at Vimy and right. stuff. Vimy Nose was getting bad and stuff like that. Gotcha. And uh, I just instantly got pissed, and I don't know what I was thinking, but I, you know what? I I grew up in the hood. I come up away from that shit, and then I get shocked when I come up north. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, you're that's like, why I always tell about it. Like I tried to get away from this shit, and I get shot. Never got shot look. once not, growing not up. Not shot at a nothing <laughs> when I grew up in the hood, but but come up north to get shot. But yeah, that was in 2007. I wonder if they, whoever this chip egg was that did this, but noticed you like you were going to come after him, yeah. hid, and was like, "Hey, I'm going to shoot I, this person," or they're just randomly shooting at yeah, someone, yeah. injure them, and then all the attention because yeah. right, I'm sure. Cops are there. They yeah. call the ambulance. Boom, yeah. and that's kind of their yeah, getaway. Never, never saw it coming. Just all of a sudden, boom! And like I said, the impact I'm, didn't didn't hurt. I'm just looking down like shit. And it's a small entrance. It's about my small entrance right here. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I guess my my follow up would be to that. <laughs> like, do you? I mean, since you're a victim of gun violence, which is just crazy, mm-hmm. like. My phone went off while you were talking about getting shot. Yeah. Uh, and three people just got shot in Kansas City. So, like, wow. I mean, it's every night yeah. that people, you know, whether it's random or what. But my, yeah, I, I guess my question would be, 
You said, did you own a gun or have one no, at that time? I didn't. At Do you the own time. one now? No, I don't. And you know what? I don't have anything with people protecting themselves having a gun. Um, like you said, just that the drama for being shot like that, I never really got into them like that. But now, my oldest, my son, is 24. He's a police officer in KCK now. And, I mean, he house full of guns. So, right. you know, he, he went to the Army. He said he wanted to make a bigger impact on his life and join the, the infantry, the front line, mm-hmm. just because of things I've been through. But he loved guns and everything else. So I don't got nothing to get. So I certain ones I don't think we need just because of. Do you go out and shoot? No, you or, know, but I've been wanting any... to. I've been wanting to. You know what I'm saying? I've been wanting to go out and just go to the shooting range or something like that. I mean, that. just, just for, a, yeah. Just, to, just a, a stress reliever, see if I like it or something like that. But I ain't probably shot a gun since I was like 14, 13 years old. Right. You so know? like at my house. Um, and my dad, who was a police officer forever, so I grew up around him. I, yeah. I know all about him. Um, like at my house, I'm I'm ready to rock. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I'm just telling you right now. I believe you. Now you're gonna tell me if you come you. in my house and it's not family or a cop because I called you over there. Yeah. Be ready to go. Be ready to go. Yep. I got I got shotgun and a handgun ready to rock, yep. and me and the wife have a plan. If this is what happens. You know, whatever. I'm yeah. not going to tell you the whole plan, just in case someone wants to come over. But <laughs> just so you know, yeah. you better announce yourself because you ain't going to be leaving. Now, I, well, you will be leaving. But I did want to own one, but you know, as you probably read and stuff in my world well, in my book and stuff, I talk about some of the stuff the trouble I got into when I hit the little rock bottom in life like that. So I couldn't, I couldn't own one legally for there for a minute. Yeah. Okay. But, um, but yeah, I, I need to. I want to get one for the house. I want to go do the training and stuff like that. I think everybody yeah. needs some type of. Protection. I think the training is a good yeah. aspect. Yeah. Like I'm all for people protecting themselves. Yeah. Now, if you don't feel comfortable owning one, yeah. then definitely yeah. I'm for you not owning one. Yeah. It it was amazing when. Uh, is it two years? Are we two years or last year George Floyd incident? Two would be two years. Almost two years. Yeah, almost two so years. when that happened and everything started popping off. And we're in COVID, yeah. and there's this panic yeah. around the country. Mm-hmm. Working at a sporting goods store, mm-hmm. we sold shotgun ammo. And a lot of people, yeah. they couldn't find pistol ammo, so they'd come in there and get shotgun ammo. Wow. And it was amazing how many people, though, didn't know what they are looking for. They never owned a gun. Yeah. They don't even know what they're buying, and they're yeah. just buying it. And I'm thinking, yeah. okay, um, can you go take a class first? Yeah. Right? Like... A lot of shootings are accidental, too. Yeah, it is. Like, you know, they compile, you know, there's people hear, you know, gun uh, violence or they hear, like, the gun, you know, so many people get shot. Mm -hmm. But a lot of that isn't person on person. That's accidental shootings. Mm -hmm. Those happen, too, and I'm like, man, people, but I'm all for the classes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I want to be more comfortable with it before I have one for in the sure. house like that, safe or something. Did you marry, you know, he, like I said, he's AR, everything else, and all like, dude, why the hell do you need that? But, <laughs> you know, he's grown, he's going to do his thing. How long has he been out there? he been in KCK, he graduated last, this past April. Oh, really? Yeah. He wanted to join KCK, police department. He got a trans opportunity to work in Johnson County. So, like I said, he's been running towards the action and stuff like that. So, and when he first joined the Army, he didn't want to tell me at first. I don't know why he wanted to tell me at first, but I told him, like, they're going to teach you something I couldn't teach you. You know what I'm saying? And I respect that. And 
he said he just wanted to make a bigger impact on his life. He gave up a whole football scholarship to go play at Avila to go join the Army. So Yeah. Wow. And he did – so what did he do, like his uh, – just his normal one term or yeah, whatever Yeah, he did this for – he still – I guess they moved him down. He could go to reserves and let him go work as the police officer. So he goes – Oh, okay. He still goes on, I think, like one weekend out of the month or something like that. He got to go to Case yeah. – um, Manhattan, do some training, something like that. Gotcha. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So he needed totally it though. Different. He he needed it. He he went through a lot. He went through a lot as a young kid. This is my first one. Do you keep in touch? And does he tell you about like things that have happened when he's working? Yes. You know, right before he graduated, we had to go to a class, um, the media family, because you don't have days where they just need to process stuff, and uh, you don't ever try to pressure them to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Let him know that you there if you ever need to talk about it. But yeah, he's been fine. He said he ain't had nothing. I said that now you know you probably run to some of your uncles or cousins over there. Nothing. Stay away from that. But uh, no, yeah. but he haven't um, blessed enough. He hadn't come across anything like nothing that. too. Yeah, too wild. But not yet. I guess if you're in it long enough, um, I mean, just knowing what Dad has seen yeah. or done, or yeah, yeah I mean that they, they just see everything. Yeah. Um, whether it's, you know, car wrecks and, and little kids and fires yeah. and just the worst of the worst. And yeah, so that's obviously, you know, you want to have a place or someone that, yeah. that you can talk to about, you know, yeah. and you probably had that going through your stuff. Oh, I'm yeah. sure you wanted yeah. a support team to. Man, you talking about my horse stuff? Yeah. yeah I, I mean, mean, you know, I learned, I had, you learn real quick. That you gotta trust in the team the guys will put around you. They're like, you know, as a, a male, you know, we always try to push through things. You know, I was sick for like six months and didn't realize it because I just thought it was a common code. I was actually training for my first bodybuilding shop. I guess I'll talk about this the story later about the whole right. stuff. But um, but you you just gotta trust that you have a team around you for stuff. Yeah, like that. You know yeah. What I'm Instead of being, hard. I think we brought okay. that up, Todd, in a. When we were, t- I think our positive podcast or mm-hmm. whatever, but we were talking about having a. It's almost like your, uh, uh, what were those cell phone commercials, and you got your <laughs> Fab Five or whatever, but yeah, yeah. you need that core group that you can, yeah, rely on about anything, yep. whatever. And everybody's know. gonna play a different part too. That's what I learned. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You yeah. got people that's gonna hold you accountable. So I have people that's uh, support you mentally or have the tough talk with you stuff like mm-hmm. that telling you when you're wrong but it's, everybody play a different part yeah have someone that can be real yeah, with you and honest you. about what's yeah what's going on yeah. if, if you need it if you need yeah. it. yeah um but 20 was it 2011 was kind of your next big thing you yeah. survived the gunshot 2011 you have a massive stroke no so or 2012 um i got sick it was the day after remember like it was yesterday it was the day after christmas and no, I thought I had like the stomach flu. End up it being uh, I had a virus that attacked my heart probably about six months before that. You know, I was actually training for my first bodybuilding show and got sick all of a sudden. And I was like pushing through, thinking it was just like a common cold. I went to several different doctors and they tried to say that I asthma all of a sudden at the age of thirty six. And my ex, she was a nursing school. Um, she's like, Chris, that's not right. We went to one more place, and they did the EKG, found out my left valve was only pumping 
And, man, I'm talking about I was going through it for, like, six months. And I never had a heart attack or anything like that. And But the symptoms was all of a sudden I couldn't eat. I couldn't walk to one end of the room. I lose my breath. I uh, couldn't sleep. And and it was it was tough. It was tough. But then I got uh, diagnosed April 28th of 2012 with heart failure. I was in the hospital working up on the transplant list, going through all the tests and stuff like that. And the neurology was in there explaining to me about kind of the brain functions and stuff was going on. I ended up having a stroke right there in front of her. Oh, so the stroke comes after and you're in the hospital. When I'm in the hospital. That's how blessed I was because, you know, her name was Brenda. If she didn't stay past her shift to explain to me about some of the stuff I was going through, with my brain and stuff with the transplant, I don't know where I would be because she knew it was instantly what was going on. You know, stroke was all about response. Getting help fast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And she knew exactly where the – and you were on. admitted at this time already? I was in the hospital still because I was working up on the transplant list. You got to do certain tests and stuff in there before you get onto the list. Gotcha. And I had the stroke. I recovered from that about three days later. And they said, man, I, my left, you don't have no control in your left body. You know, you smacking everybody and stuff like that. They had strapped me down. I don't remember none of that. I recovered from that. And I get sent home. Um, about 28 days later, that's when I got the call that they had a, a heart for me. We stayed on the plaza at the time. It was July 4th of 2012. My first, my first heart transplant. And that's your first heart transplant. And do you, what's the process of getting on a list like that? And how do you, and you don't know who you get your heart from. No, it's, that's always up to the families yeah. um, to reach out to you. But, um, you know, it's, it's a process. So with my blood type, which is O positive, if I remember right, and my height, you know, I thought I was going to be on there for a while. So I couldn't get your heart. I need somebody a little bit taller, a little bit bigger that can. I'm not trying to be funny nothing about your height and nothing like that, but you said it earlier. Yeah, you about said something. Great. So I can't even my face. I can't even be a donor <laughs> yeah. anymore. I'm too yeah. short to but, be a donor. So with my height and my blood type, this it was gonna be. It felt like it was gonna be a minute. They already basically told you that, and they sent me home on a rejection list as as a rejection. Back then, it was a B. Um, and I was thinking, like, all right, it's going to be a minute. And I got that call 28 days later. And you're at home when they call you? Mm-hmm. And the doctor, hey, we've got. They called me. We stayed on the plaza at the time. They called me, and I just, I couldn't even talk. I had to get the phone um, to Ashley. And just. And is and, that a quick, once they have a heart, it's like, okay, it's time to go? Yeah, like so we the get heart is the last organ to come out the body. And when that heart gets to the hospital, you got to be open and ready. They to go prep put in you pre when it's time yep. to roll. Yep. And the, the doctor that did it was Dr. Stevens. And uh, what I remember, he's showing up with his AirPods in, jean cut off jacket on. It's like, are you ready to do this shit? I was like, yep. And well, he just got done with the bike ride or what? I, I don't know. That's how he was. He came that's in that's thing, how he like, was. Wild thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, like wild thing. I'm looking like, yeah, I'm ready to do it. <laughs> he, he said, You Chris? Yeah. <laughs> but they had to they had to bring me back out on that first one. They had to bring me back out because they couldn't find nobody for the I think it was the lung or something like that. So they had to bring me back out and take me back in there. Cause like I said, once that heart's get there, it has to be ready to go. And that was July 4th, 2012. So when you're, 
So when that waiting time is, are you are you just sitting sitting Man. at home just like just watching TV? Man, you try to like where where's your state? Like what what are you doing? That first go around, you know, I was in my feelings. You know, okay. I was I was still kind of probably a little bit mad at the world a little bit because I met somebody um, when I was in the hospital at that time, a guy named Mike Perros. I dedicated my second book to him, but he just had his transplant right before I had mine. Well. I just, he's about to have his, and uh, he made me look at life totally different, totally different. And once I got home, I tried to do things to take my mind off of it and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm human. I was still mad at the world. Like, I was perfectly healthy. Training to do a bodybuilding show, so I didn't smoke. I, I mean, I did drink and stuff like that, but didn't take no steroids or something like that. Just got sick all of a sudden. And did you know what the virus was? Did they, they ever? They call it something. Uh, just some crazy the, virus that attacks yeah. your... Just, just attack my heart. Just attacks the heart. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And um, so during that time, man, you just you just be keep yourself busy. I mean, it's only for twenty eight days. You know, I had a lot of family come over, friends come over. I couldn't be around nobody a lot. Um, I kind of like isolate myself. So that's what kind of prepared me for this whole COVID thing that came. But um, the second time around, if we when we yeah. get to that story, um, I was in the hospital for for eight months straight on that one. So Were was, you, and I don't know if maybe it happened on the second one or the first one, or maybe just growing up. Were you a religious person growing up? I was. I was. I always been a religious person. Yeah. yeah I was growing up a religious person. Because um, you but, wonder if things like this can change people and be like, "Hey, do I need to find Jesus?" Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, I had some ways I needed to change, but I always been a religious person, and I found my purpose and my my faith in that time. You know, yeah. especially the second time around. Yeah. So, you want me to talk about the second and time? And that, well, you, mo- so, what I wanted to get into to make sure everything's accurate mm-hmm. is you were taking medication Yeah. that got switched. Yeah, so. I thought that for, was kind of wild because. Man. Insurance, man, right? Insurance. Not, and yeah. It's not surprising to me. Yeah, so, no, it's not surprising, but that's what's fucked up. Yeah, it is. It is, truly, because. The first time around, you know, they had to keep asking the insurance company stop sending me generic medicine. We had to write letters. The doctors write letters all the way up to Walgreens, directors and stuff. I needed my program. I needed a brand name program. I couldn't do generic. And the the doctors were telling them that. Doctors were telling them that. And so four years out, I moved the family into Texas. I took a job with Sprint down there in, in Texas. And, um... Ended up switching over to T-Mobile when I was in Texas. And new insurance company, fighting, fighting with them, started sending me generic medicine. And they just wouldn't send the... Just wouldn't send it. And um, within two weeks, my new heart started rejecting. So it rejected the generic version of what you needed. Yeah, it rejected my heart. So my antibodies started rejecting the heart. So um, that's when I had to get back on the transplant list to come back home. Yeah, and I wanted to make sure I had that. So that's what I think's fucked up because... He needed that premium. He needed yeah. the premium. I was trying to give him the unlit. It yeah. damn near killed him. Yeah. Yep. And not not and it's not just him that's asking for it. I mean, we yeah. literally have doctors and yeah. and all these important people like, dude, we need the right shit. You know what's crazy about it though? I was I had a good I have a good relationship with all my doctors down in St. Louis. And you know, they wouldn't tell you that that was the medicine that really messed you up. Because business wise, but Dr. Cal, 
loved him to death. He just always kept it 100 for me. Like, Chris, that medicine is what did this. It instantly started making me reject. And everybody's like, why didn't you sue and stuff like that? Just, Mary, you don't, you don't think about that type of stuff. You know, I was, I was fine knowing what was about to happen, but I just didn't want to put my family back through it again. Um, yeah. And that's a whole process, too. Whole and process. at that time, do you yeah. even want to have to deal with going, I yeah. mean, you start suing these companies. Yeah. And, and, yeah, who knows? You yeah. probably could have, and, yeah. and it, you probably could have won, but, yeah. man, the legality is drawing it out. And yeah. you got enough shit you're worrying yeah. about right now. My heart's giving out on me again. Yeah. And so you get. Within two weeks, I yeah. started rejecting once I started taking that. And you, medicine. and you moved back up here. Yeah, so it was Valentine's Day weekend. Um, I remember like it was yesterday too because the doctor that I saw down in Texas was actually on my team in Kansas City before, and he called me personally. It's like, Chris, you rejected. And so my mom, my dad, stepdad, they drove on the highway overnight. We packed up overnight, same uh, Valentine's Day Came back to Kansas City. How long had you lived in Texas? I was there for six months. Six months. And six like, months. I got to go back. Yeah. And I love Texas. And if I didn't get sick, we probably still would have been down there. But uh, got on the highway, came back home, still had to pay for the house and stuff in Texas. Then, you know, July 4th, I always have a big picnic for my heart transplant stuff. And as going in to the hospital, July 3rd, just to see, he's doing checkups, still running tests and stuff, see if we can save the heart. I ended up standing in there for eight months straight. Eight months. 240 days straight, waiting on my second heart transplant. Damn. Yeah, I, remember, I remember that. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you know that, I'm, I know I'm going to get a heart. Yeah. Did you, you know. Since you already had one. You know, it. I learned how to just look at, Things different. I'm human. Yes, I have my bad days in there. You know, like this is this is not gonna work. But I never show trying not to ever show my family and friends outside of this. But behind closed doors I was questioning a lot of stuff. That's when your faith be questioned. That's when you gotta try finding that purpose and, the, and that passion and what you're doing and stuff like that. And I learned quickly that I needed to have that conversation with God more. And that's when I really drew closer to God is during that eight to eight months. Yeah. But what I learned from the first time is not let myself twiggle away in the hospital. It came to a point where I had them bring an exercise bike. Talked to me, bring an exercise bike into the room. Had my bands in there. I'm connected to a balloon, something called a balloon pump. And a balloon pump is something that's helping my heart pump the whole time I was in there. Little balloon. And uh, I used to get up every morning, walk the hallways and stuff like that. That type of stuff just helped me mentally survive the time in there. They had eight opportunities for me to have a heart. All of them just kept failing. The antibodies like to match. And, of course, it's my blood type and my height and stuff played a big played role a bit. In. Do they call you each time there's a candidate? They say, they, they, you know, I had a good relationship with them. They're not supposed to really, but, yeah, yeah they was like, hey, we, yeah, might we, might have have one. we might have one. But it didn't, anybody failed. Right. And went to the next person, which is just, you know, at that yeah. time, I just just knew it wasn't right. Just my time Eight months, though, I just feel it's a long time and start wearing on uh, you. Man, I, by the time I came out, we had a new president. Spent uh, <laughs> Christmas in there, birthday, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, Valentine's Day. And you did a big uh, 
So the balloon thing, I mean, literally, that's what's keeping you alive. Mm-hmm. Every day. Every day. It's pumping your heart it's for you. It's pumping my heart for me. And so it's connected to, I mean, no matter when yeah. you're on your bike, if you walk out yeah. the hallway, it's it stays with me. you. Yep. Gotcha. I had this one nurse named Matt, Matt Rowland. And uh, he, it wasn't for him. I don't know where I'd be at. You know, like I said earlier, people is placing your life for a reason. You know, he puts a team around you. And Matt had me on schedule. Every morning he'd come in, cut the lights on 8 o'clock. I knew it was time to get up. And I'd get up and walk the halls. And another thing I did, too, I never put the gown on. The gown always made me feel like I was sick, like I wasn't getting better. So I would not never wear a gown. And to this day, I don't wear a gown when I go to the hospital. I always keep my shirt on. I don't care if they got to unplug my IV, what it is. I'm not there to, to stay sick. I'm there to get better. And the gown always made me feel like I was sick. Or staying sick, so I never put it on. And he made sure I got dressed, get up by eight eight fifteen. I'll go walk probably about ten laps the hallway. He's the one helped me get the exercise bike into the room so I can work on the bike. Then eventually they let me start going down to the rehab center, lifting weights and stuff with the balloon pump connected to me. I did all that because I knew what the recovery was gonna be like. He putting that balloon pump through a workout. Yes, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but. 80% of it was for my mental health part of it, though. I just couldn't yeah. sit there all day. Right. And just, just dwell away. That's and, Yeah. Was the, uh, I thought what was cool story was, uh, was it a, a ball game man, or something that. I knew you were going to bring that up. Now you don't try to make me tear up. And, no, and but that's a great. Yeah. That, <laughs> we were talking about the, the you know, you, you keep bringing up, you know, shouting out your nurses and yeah. your, your team and, and. Yep. The way they pulled together to help you do that. Oh, my God. So, you know, it was my son's senior night. You know, you only have one senior night. You got yeah. you got birthdays and Christmases and sure. stuff like that. And not holidays. just for you, but for him. And for him. And yeah. that's one thing I didn't want to miss, and I was, I was afraid I was going to miss it. The, the My nurse, Matt, and Kelly and all of them, they got the team together, man. They surprised me that the day before the game, like, we want to get you to the game. <laughs> That's got to be a process. Man, so I had uh, the CEO of Chile, uh, St. Louis, Jane was there. The head nursing manager was there. They got this van with my balloon pump and three or four or five of my nurses. And um, and Jameer thought I was going to miss it. He didn't know I was coming. Gotcha. And, you know, when they called uh, the parents out, I'm not going to cry. When they called <laughs> the parents out, I came out out of the the back and surprised him. And There's a van on the field. Oh, no, it's Chris. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't see it. He had no opportunity. I mean, I'll never forget it like it was yesterday. Um, but it was it, that's how special St. Louis was to me. They, they like that's a family. That's pretty sweet. It's like a family. Yeah. They made sure I didn't miss that. And that's the cool thing to be able to see that, like, that's the kind of people that you want to see. You want to see people that actually care, yes. not just yeah. trying to get the check. Yeah. They actually are, like, pouring into yeah. you and developing their the true relationship. And Jameer played defense most of the senior year. He actually scored a touchdown that, that Dang. game. Dang. Nice. And pointed at me at the stands. And never so, scored did he touchdown. know you did, – he, did, he didn't know – He thought I was going to miss it. He had no idea. Did the parents coming. come out before the game starts, like it's uh, senior right night, the, and so they – Right before the, before the game starts, okay. senior night. Yeah. Got gotcha. called us out. 
they called us out and I came from like my fan, my family and stuff was standing like in front of me so he couldn't see. And they called me, they called his parents out and I came out from behind the thing. And you got to walk out with him? Yeah. With my that balloon been, pump, you know what? You should have wore the gown there. then with your ass <laughs> hanging out and walked out with it. It was like in October. I've been freezing. I was yeah. freezing out there. Yeah, but, but uh, we wouldn't see the front, so it wouldn't matter. Yeah. Uh, shriveled up ass. Yeah. Shriveled up dry ass at that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. That's I'm surprised I got through that story without crying, but yeah. And you go, but so then after the game, did so you get a visit stands, with him? And yeah, then we got some of the sand stuff like that. Gotcha. But yeah, the team, the way they put that stuff together, it was amazing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Now, you know, like I said, they always be family. I go down there before COVID happened. I used to go down and do work for them. Like I go down and speak to patients and stuff like that. That's good. Do a bunch of ad campaigns for them and stuff. But yeah, that's, yeah. And so the call comes in for the second one. Yeah, so but you're at the hospital though. I'm at the hospital, but to think about this second one, it was February third, two thousand seventeen, when I got it. You only supposed to be in the hospital uh, for about five to eight days after transplant. You supposed to be sent home after that and do all your recovery at home. I ended up being in there for extra thirty days, and, and a lot of people don't know this unless they read the book. But um, I coded out. Um, Post-transplant? Post-transplant. Gotcha. They couldn't stop the bleeding inside my inside my chest. I got little, three little holes right here. Um, but for some reason, they just couldn't get no pulse on me. And they take me down, put me in this little gray suit. And I look over there at my ex, and I can see the look on her face that it's, something's wrong. And gotcha. she, she never she never looked like that before. Yeah. Uh and I actually called it out for about a minute. Wow. Minute too. And they brought me back and came back then. <coughs> you a cat with nine lives. Seriously. Seriously. Dang. Nah. It's <laughs> some stuff I didn't even put in the in the in the book that happened. You know, hydroplane in my in my truck I just bought and flipped it three times and Gee. to a medium that was just this past year and you know, I'm here for a reason. Yeah. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um and that's what's coming to think, you know. And like I said earlier, I'm I'm human, so I have my my dark days, my character. I call them character building days, where I'm down or mad at myself for not being in um, been in a better situation, something like that. And I never, and I always forget where I came from, what the things I've been through, because you try not to use that for excuses and stuff like that. But learning to live in the moment, hey, where I'm at right now, this is where I'm supposed to be at. Yeah. Did you go ahead? All right, all right. How, how, when did you, uh, cause you started the Heart Warrior, mm-hmm. uh, foundation. Once uh, I got home. I was checking one. out the website after the second one, after you started that one. one. Yeah. Gotcha. Me and my best friend, he came up with kind of the idea of it. And then I came up with the name and the concept about it. And it's just while I was going out doing my motivation speaking, doing a lot of work for American Heart Association and, um, wrote the book. I wrote the first book while I was in the hospital for eight months. And um, then the second one, my whole life story and stuff I put on there. And it's mainly now is used for my training, my personal training stuff. Um, but, yeah, it's, we created that when I was in the hospital. Gotcha. Yeah. So as you're going through all this stuff, were you was this stuff that was instilled in you when you was little? Or did you start learning this as you were spending this time with yourself? 
you know, growing up in the in the inner city where my just me and my mom, yeah, I mean, I learned how to be tough. The only thing I really had to learn now was how to express my feelings. You know, growing up, especially as a a black male in the city, we never was supposed to express our feelings or be upset or cry and stuff like that. And um, but I learned that was bullcrap real quick. And found my purpose and passion around stuff and just <sighs> learn how to um, prepare. I was getting prepared for my blessing. You know what I'm saying? You know, just like a, a kid. You don't give a kid a keys to a car at 10 years old. Even though it's a blessing, you got to make sure he learns how to drive it and responsible for it. And I had to learn that a big responsibility. I was given a blessing. I had to get prepared for it. And so once he, that kid learned how to drive and, and give him the keys, now it's a blessing. So that's the same thing where I've been looking at life, man, the, the faith and everything. We go through things is preparing for what's coming, the blessing coming. And um, and that's just when I found my purpose. Is I, I found purpose for my pain. So what was the – so what would you say that the unseen factor was? Like so you're, you're, you're coming out. And now you're like, okay, I wanted, when did you like notice that you wanted to do something that was big? Like, okay, I'm a, I'm going to create this thing. Yeah. Well, what, what was that unseen factor that you was like, okay. Man, I always, me growing up, I always been a, a people person. Okay. You know, growing up as the only child in the house, you know, I made friends with everybody. They tell you, mm-hmm. uh, I had tons of friends. So I was always just lonely, but during that time, I always wanted to help people. You know what I'm saying? I was, I was, I found that when I say I found purpose for my pain, like just talking to the patients down there, wanted people to look at me like, if he went through all that, I can make it. Um, that's what they, the American Heart Association kicked in. That that's where the doing the ad stuff for St. Louis kicked in, and I just didn't. I had to figure out how to do it. You know, <laughs> I never thought I loved to speak in front of people. Cause I get the, I get nervous. I get the mumblings, talking fast, and uh, <laughs> and hated speech growing up, but like that. But I love it now. You know, I, I do the training. I, I've been in person training probably ever since 2007, often 2005, off and on. But it never been about the money when it came to training. It's always came about seeing people just develop themselves, getting better. You know, saying so now, now I was, now I would never change. And I went through. The past couple of years, I went through some some difficult times. I mean, it's a real real dark side myself. And uh, I don't know if we talked about. I don't know if you read that part about. It, but yeah, I mean, I tried to commit suicide two years ago. You know what I'm saying? Um, all because I was going through a divorce, not because of the person I was divorcing, just because I felt like I failed to something again. And and that depression stuff is that shit is worse than in a heart transplant. I really go through a heart transplant again, then go through a, that type of depression. You know, depression really never don't go away. You just really just figure out how to handle it. And I found my place of temple, my place of peace. And the gym always been that place of peace. And they tried to get taken away from me. So I found the purpose of doing that again. That's why I said I did the working out in, inside the hospital and stuff like that. When I went through that depression uh, about a year and a half ago, two years ago, and just... It, it woke something back up in me. Um, I was instantly was mad at myself for doing that. You know, two people had to die for me to be here. 
and I'll try to end my life over going through a divorce. And so the first thing they tell you, you got to learn to forgive yourself. And I just had to make sure this this bridge got, this burning bridge got put out before I didn't step or bring anybody else upon that bridge. And, I, and, I, and I'm better, a lot better now. Um, I guess I'd have two, <clears throat> two questions to that, mm-hmm. what you went through there a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Is one, and you kind of mentioned it a little bit, growing up as a black man and we're not supposed to cry and we're not, you know, is, is with the, with a depression and dark state or suicide or whatever, like, and this is really for anybody, but, 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 you know, it's like this mentality. I feel like I, I hear about this. There was a group that I brought up that started in the UK. It's a black only group for men they get together every week and they talk about their problems whether it's suicide or home life or whatever and they started a group and they walk and they all have similar stories Mm -hmm. even though they come from different backgrounds and it's like this uh it's like it was taught that you couldn't you know you had to be a tough man and you couldn't speak about it when that happened though did you have people that you express to or did you internalize sh- it and I, then it just festered? I, I shut down. Well, I didn't let nobody in cause I always was the person people came to for inspiration. So I felt like I was letting people down again. So I didn't want nobody to see that side of the, the, the heartache or the depression I was going through. So I didn't open up to nobody and then I almost cost me my life. Jameer, is- Jameer found me. Um, took 17 Ambien pills and uh, Jameer found me and I woke up in the hospital three days later. Gotcha. And, uh, and it, it's a lesson learned. You know, I'm transparency. My trans, my transparency can be somebody else's transformation. Not always been like that. Yeah. Open book. Um, and I think that's why we probably brought up that's, I mean, I know you, you know, everybody's different circumstances, but having a group that you can yeah. reach out to and, and you need it. Even if it's someone you don't know, like we said last week, like, um, you know, if you're someone out there and you're listening to this and you have a problem you don't want to talk about to anybody, and I might not know who you are, but you can message us directly. I mean, just to get it off your chest and to Anybody that's listening to to this, I can always can message me anytime. I'll leave you my email, phone number. I'm just. Yeah. It's. That's what it's about, man. You know, right. we all need it. I think everybody at some point in life needs some type of counseling. Yeah. Especially nowadays. You know, we go through a lot, but uh, we got so much access to us, to people and stuff with social media and right. news outlets and COVID. You know, everything that we're going through now, we didn't have that stuff. Well, I feel like Maybe it is a lot It's a lot. It's a lot. And I feel like it's, it's festering. As a country, we're all yeah. festering into this mentality of yeah. just hate and yep. and between politics and COVID yep. and and you know black versus white and cops yep. versus citizens yep. and politicians versus each other and yep. there's just man, it's like everywhere you look, there's yep. just something you know, yep. and if you just keep internalizing that yep. and then it builds up, just, just and it you, blows up. You be you be amazed how many suicide attempts it is and well i think that even yeah and i think that went up 
during COVID. Oh yeah, definitely. The, you got to you you the, are locked in, in in isolation. Isolation is the worst thing you can do for yourself. And when you have to be isolated, it's 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 going to mess you up. Yeah, I thought that was yeah. one of the worst things yes. that came out of it. Yeah. It was like they were and not to get into the COVID aspect of it, but what transpired from it is telling people to just stay at their house. Like we didn't even tell people to go outside. It's almost like we scared people away from going outside and taking a walk where you're not by anybody. I mean, they were closing down parks and beaches and I'm like, man, people need to get outside and you're just locked in there and you're just all this anxiety of being alone and, 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 I, and I always look at things like everything happens for a reason. I'm, I believe COVID just made us get in, put in time out. The world needs to be put in time out. So we need the time to go sit down and revalue life, the, the important things in life. And when you start selling toilet paper on Facebook market and stuff like that, you, we take advantage of that type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, I think we, the whole world just got put in time out just to realize what's the value of life. Yeah. And well, I think some people got put in time out and didn't <laughs> and didn't think about their actions. No. <laughs> like yeah. like the little kid yeah. goes go sit in the corner. Yeah. He gets done the first thing he does is what he got in trouble for. Yeah. And uh, you know, I was prepared when the covid happened, you know, I had already been quarantined and had to quarantine for 8 months after the transplant. I couldn't ride in the car longer than 30 minutes. I couldn't go to the movies. Uh couldn't take an airplane trip. I couldn't be around a bunch of people. I had to wear the mask and wear it. So I was already really prepared for it. And um, yeah, but a lot of people wasn't wasn't like that though. You know what I'm saying? I think everything just happened for a reason. Yeah. But, well, and and the and then you had basically two two years of high school kids. You know, it's supposed to be at the time of their life. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk yeah. about suicide and the yeah. mental aspect of it, and mental illness, and not being able to go to school or or yeah. middle school when you're trying to learn about yourself. And sports right? getting taken away. I couldn't imagine going to school and the sports basketball was taken away from me. And so like I'm sure it was a hard, hard deal yeah. to not be able to see friends and socialize. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yep. um, I mean, a big takeaway from, from this is, is one for me when I was trying to think about it, but um, number one for me was just a team. You know, your team was, you know, the nurses and doctors you yeah. built a relationship with and family, too, and yeah. just having that support group. And, um, and But the thing I had to learn was I had to let them do their work. I couldn't do it. I had to learn how to sit back and let the people around me, the team that was put around me, do what they were supposed to do from the doctors, from the nurses, from my ex, from my kids, from my f- friends. It, it's the, the circles put around me, I had to let them do their work. And that's some, some things, as guys, we just we try to do it all ourselves or don't listen and stuff like that. But I feel like we can listen. always fix it. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, I pushed through for six months, thinking I just had a common cold. I was just sick, it's just a cold, stuff like that. But I'm walking around with my valve only pumping 10%. And back then, I was working out twice a day trying to get ready for a bodybuilding show. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's me not listening or me not taking it serious and stuff like that. But that probably is one thing I had to let go real quick. Yeah. The, um, we brought up the heart warrior foundation mm-hmm. and, and I know we talked about COVID as kind of 
played a factor in a lot of things slowing down and and that. But um, it's still up and active. Yep. I was on there the past week looking at it. But that's a uh, heartwarriorcw dot com. Yep. But um, like your books that you wrote, mm-hmm. was the first one the ten daily weapons of a heart warrior? So those are ten steps that I was doing in the hospital during eight months um, that I wrote about um, befriending stuff, journaling, exercising, um, finding that purpose and stuff. I wrote about 10 different steps that I did. So it was, it was a short book, but I made it like a reference book, something you can go back and read over and over and over when you needed to. That's That was the whole purpose of it. And one of the purpose of it to make money on nothing like that. I just felt like it was the what I needed to do to get my message out, yeah. things I've been through. And it probably helps you to write about it anyways. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did you write it while you're in the hospital? I wrote I wrote ninety five percent of it. And uh, I didn't release it till two thousand sixteen, I wanna say. Mm-hmm. Uh, could, no, it was after it was after my second transplant. So two thousand seventeen, two thousand eighteen. I just sat on it just in my own way. Yep. No self um, self doubting myself. Like nobody you know, wasn't gonna read that, but something just came over me. I walked out of a job. I ain't never walked out of a job before. It was OP Campus Fitness, and I don't know if I'm getting trouble saying the name or nothing like that. But just felt like it was just when it it was time for me to go, and I needed to do my own thing. You know, I was giving up my time. You know, time is our most precious gift we got, and I ain't have no control over it. And so I walked away, and I met an editor, and she helped me publish it, and I released the book. Yeah. And and that's when I started the personal training more on my own then. Gotcha. Yeah. And do it, and you do that part-time, like help? No, I, like, the, I do – personal training is a full-time thing I do now. Now okay, I, gotcha. I work at Planet Fitness because I, mean, I was paying – after my divorce, I was paying $1,000 for one prescription for 30 days. You still uh, have to take certain. Uh, I'm on like 20 different pills. I take every day, and three. And is that of them, just forever now? Yeah. Well, three or four of them might be on for the rest of my life. My rejection medicine. Uh, some of them is my blood pressure medicine, cholesterol medicine, and stuff like that. that I can wing off and stuff like that. Gotcha. But um, I was paying like a thousand dollars for one prescription for 30 days. And that's the reason why the insurance company wanted to send me during medicine they could save money on it. So I had to yeah. do something now. For the benefit. So I work at Planet Fitness now for the benefit part of it. And I still can do my training stuff there and everything. So it's been a blessing. Sure. And everything. But I need to, like I said earlier, I need to get out my own way. You know, I kind of fell back and start start having that self-doubt stuff again. Uh, And COVID did that. You know, once I stopped going out speaking, couldn't go speak. and Couldn't go to the gym. Couldn't go to the gym. and, And that played a lot of role in that type of stuff. So, yeah. And then the second book was the, the birth of the heart warrior, right. and that's your story. That's my story: the good, the bad, the ugly. I laid yeah. everything out there. Right. Uh, me getting into a little federal boot camp trouble back when my dad passed away in the middle of my college year. I mean, I laid everything out there. A lot of people don't know about, but that just who made me who I am today. Yeah. yeah. And you can get both of those off that. Yeah. Um, off the website. Off the website. Or just heart warriors. Yeah, if you don't want to. Pay for the ship and stuff like that. I, so can, I need to order some more. You can find – I saw you put a post out the other day. You were having some copies come out. And, yeah. Uh, but people can find you on, 
like Instagram, is that a great place to yeah, find Instagram, you? Instagram, Facebook, you know, I've been wanting to take a break from social media so bad. Man. So bad, but yeah. 95% of my you business. Have it? Come, I don't even think you get on there. Yeah. Yep. 95% of my business come from yep. social, social media, media now. Yep. And, and so I've been trying not to stay on there strolling like I used to and stuff like that. But yeah, you can find me on uh, hardwarrior underscore CW on Instagram, but my Facebook is Christopher Thor Williams. No, Thor is my favorite adventure. And, <laughs> and there's so many Christopher Williams out there in the world. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and there's some apparel on there and yep. some pretty cool. Uh, and it's print to order too. So every time somebody orders something, excuse me, I have a company that makes it and just send it off to them. So I don't have to worry about it. Right. Yeah. So it and takes you don't a have bit. to sit on yeah, a bunch sit, of just And I learned that stuff. real quick. Yeah. I might need yeah. to talk to you. Yeah. It's, it's it's called um, print file. I'll show you the app and stuff like that, but it's made to order. You can create your stuff on there and they just give you a discount wherever you charge. Let's say uh, they charge me $7, and but I charge $15. So they give you a cut, whatever, and they just send it. Gotcha. Yeah. I like the, uh, on the 10 daily weapons, so like the quote on the front, unleash the warrior in you, Yeah. which I like. Like yeah. we all got that, uh, like an inner beast. Yeah. Got to release it and, <laughs> And, yeah. you know, whatever it may be that gets you going. And, and Man, I, everybody, you know, a lot of people just forget they worked. And and it's, it's, it takes something to, come, to go find that. Just like I tell people all the time, when you go look at a house or a new car, and that car or that house, you know you can't afford it, and you reject it, did that car or house lose, lose its value? It don't. So... Why would you lose your value if somebody rejected you or a job rejected you? Something? You don't lose value. They just couldn't afford you at that time. Or that job just couldn't afford you at the time. That right. person just couldn't afford you at the time. We just got to remember our worth. We all have a worth. And, and, uh, and we all purpose. have a purpose of, of whatever it may be, whether yeah. it's uh, just being a librarian at a school or, or like your son joining the force or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, you know, there's... Everybody's got something that that uh, is their worth and that yeah. they need to do in That's life. Always, I truly believe there's always purpose behind that pain that you're going through. And everybody's going to go through it at some point in life. Yeah. Um, heartbreak, disappointment, whatever it is, there's always purpose behind it. Do you have uh, plans going forward? Are you still doing any speaking or do you have any plans over the next Man, I have one. few years that you're doing? I had one that came up do with the end of August, somebody asked me to go do um, a back to school, uh, speaking at a school. I think I'm going to do that. And this is the first time I've done one, uh, a podcast in a while. I actually, I was pretty nervous. Usually I don't get nervous, too nervous about the things. She, she would tell you I was a nervous wreck at the house. <laughs> <laughs> I almost had a, I did, I did have a drink. I'm, I'm going to be honest, I did, have, I did have a drink before I came here just to calm my right. nerves. That's probably why I had the piss as I got here. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I did ask you. We're just having a conversation. <laughs> I did ask, uh, hey, see if you need something to drink. Yeah, yeah. I, I usually don't get nervous, but like I said, it's, it's been a while since I've done it. Well, you, yeah. and I think it's good. Um, and listening to your story, I mean, I think it's something that you need to keep putting out there. Yeah. Um, and I try not, and I don't, that's just some type of big, big major event. I don't usually write a speech out or something like that. I always try to keep 
keep straight from the heart. Yes, sir. you know what I'm saying. But sometimes I get off off track and I go left. And I should be going right and stuff like that. <laughs> but um, I always try to speak just straight from the heart. Yeah. Um, only time I think I ever wrote uh, a speech was when I did America Heart Heartball, and that was a black tie event. I think they ended up raising like one point two million dollars, like that. When Where I, they do that was, at? They do it at different places. And this this like a big auction and stuff like that. And they always have a, a guest speaker for the event. And I was in 2018. I was the guest speaker gotcha. for the event, but I had to write my little speech down. And I felt can like people, a robot. like you can go to their website. Can you donate on their website? Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. sure there's ways that everybody can help yeah, out. I'm a, um, so I just actually I just reached back out to them because, like I said, COVID shut everything down. But I'm gonna do a hard walk team this year. So I'll share the link and stuff like that. You can join the team. I'll probably do some shirts and stuff like that. And they do it down at Power and Light. I think in September they're doing it this year. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think too, not just um, when I said early on, I think there's some parallels to everything in life mm-hmm. and what you went through. And, I, I mean, I would encourage you to keep, you know, speaking, whether it's a – pep talk to a football team before their game and, yeah. and you know, whether it's perseverance. I appreciate and, it. I and, just, you know what I mean? Cause yeah. we can all learn, you know, you hear people's stories and it's not just, um, people in the hospital that are waiting for, a uh, yeah. you Trans, know, a transplant, you know, it yeah. might be uh, struggles they're going through, or it might be, uh, a, a kid in high school wanting to make the basketball team yeah. and, and, and that's you one know. thing I got to remember is where I was getting my validation from. I learned that this past year or two, you know, I was looking at the wrong place to get my validation from. I was looking at the likes on Facebook or mm. the reels or the likes on Instagram and stuff like that. But that's mm-hmm. not where my validation needs to come from. I need to know. I need to remind myself, if I inspire one person, my legacy has been made. That's, yeah. that's It's all about creating that legacy with my name and stuff like that. Um, just, just keep inspiring whoever's listening and sharing the story. It's a, it is a, a, a powerful story. And then, like I said, I get in my own way sometimes where I get upset because I'm not where I think I should be at. Instead of living in the moment. And know. I think that self-validation has hurt some things because if you're doing it for your – it's funny, like, because I just had a buddy that came into work and we were talking about outdoors and stuff and, and – this new breed of individuals doing um, outdoor stuff and being influencers mm-hmm. or they're trying to be or whatever. That but but, but are they giving back to what they're talking about? So in this yeah. instance, maybe it's hunting, right? Yeah. And they making videos and, and, you know, oh, I've got a million followers yeah. and I've got this. And, and my question would be, well, okay, that's awesome. Now, have you used your platform? When's the last time you went and spoke with a group of Very true. ten-year-olds to give back, or are you really just doing it yeah. for yeah. self-validation? Because yeah. yeah. if all you're looking at is likes, you're probably not doing it for the right yeah. reason. Yeah, and I wouldn't, you know, like I say I wasn't ever doing it for money, the money part of it, because he had blessed me when it needs to be blessed when it comes to that. But it's always been about just seeing people just transform, just. This inspiring, like I said, I always want to be looked at like if I can, if he can go through that, I can make it. 
And, you know, people go through, people both just getting rocked. People both got rocked this whole past two years with COVID. Yeah. But that storm eventually runs out of rain. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you just got to just keep pushing. And I do a lot of stuff on Facebook. And Facebook is like my open journal. You know, I, I post something or, or do a video or something. I'm mainly really talking to myself. So I can go back and look at it or go back and read it. I, I, I always tell people, Facebook is just my open journal. Sometimes if, I, if I'm going dark, my mama called me like, oh, Chris, take that down. I, f- I swear <laughs> for God. I swear for God she got some type of alert. If it's something negative or something out there I'm putting out there, if she called me just like that, like, Chris, take it down. Where does she live at? Wyandotte County. Still Wyandotte Still County. Wyandotte County. So yeah. how close are you, are you from her place? Uh, like 10 minutes. Oh, 10 minutes. Yeah, I'm not that far. Gotcha. Um, so my mom and dad weren't together growing up. My dad was in my life, but they weren't together. And he passed away my junior year in college, all of a sudden with heart failure. So they thought he was only 56. So they thought mom's was hereditary. You know, that test took a long time to come back, and they finally ruled it out. It wasn't hereditary. Did you have a relationship with both parents? Oh, yeah. 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 And my dad, I mean, he was there. When I needed something, he was there. Yeah. Um, it probably could have been a little bit better, but – um, but when he passed away, that's when I hit that. I hit rock bottom. It's a chapter in my book. Mm-hmm. My story is called Rock Bottom. And that's when I hit rock bottom and started getting to drugs, not doing drugs, just like selling drugs, trying to get that fast life. And I got into a little trouble. Um, had to go to federal boot camp, Lone Park, California. Dang, all the way out there. Leavenworth is right here. Exactly. I was actually working up at Merchant Oregon Mall when that happened, but um, in Foot Lockers. But that, it took that you one time. You weren't selling now. shoes? That, <laughs> <laughs> it took that one time, trust me. And that's all it took. And I opened up real quick, like, nope, last what's, time for that shit. What's <laughs> that, what was that place called? It was uh, Lone Park, California. Is that kind of what you see, like the scared straight you see on like TV? So I was in the boot camp, yeah, kind of. I was in the boot camp part, so I never did have to go behind the, the walls, but mm-hmm. it was like a feral boot camp, so like getting up 3 o'clock in the morning and yelling in your face. And I was facing 10, 20 years in prison if I didn't take this plea, Martin. Yeah, they I'll said, take that. They, they said boot camp. I said, I'll take it. It was, it was six up. months. I was just finished playing basketball. I was like, yeah, I take it. No need to ask no more questions. I, I would right. go. And, uh, they break you down. and yeah, yeah, they did. You know, it was more. Or tried to. It was for uh, nonviolent crimes and stuff right. like that. I, I mean, like I was in shape and stuff. So just, Sure. But that shit was hard. Don't get me wrong. It was, but they, it was hard. Yeah, but they, they didn't mess around, I'm no, sure. They didn't mess around. They didn't mess around. But it just took that one time for me to straighten that shit up real quick. Yeah. But um, Do you think. I wonder if, man, I know I lost yep. my train of thought. I, was, <laughs> I know. I'm just thinking about what you went. Th- that was six months long. Six months. You got to you go to six months there. Uh, you had to do six months halfway house, then um, house arrest for two years. Really? Yeah, I had an ankle brace on my ankle for uh, eight months. It was and all worth that, it. It was all worth it. <laughs> do you, and I think, is that? In 20 years. I don't know. Who was I talking to? Do you, do you turn to that because you you don't feel like you have another route to go? And I feel like. Uh, Talk about selling the drugs? Well, things. just selling the drugs or, or um, getting into gangs because they're showing you attention. 
Well, and so you're like, no, not necessarily. Not trying to get not that where I, not, Yeah, not where <laughs> I'm from. I mean, I was just a, I've been around them my whole entire life down there. You know, <laughs> <laughs> want a drink? <laughs> yeah. Right. But I was around. I was around it my whole entire <laughs> life, and you know, I was just I was in at a, at a bad place. Because growing up, you didn't. I you didn't, didn't need them. I was I was spoiled. I was on mom's only child. You know, I, yeah. If I needed something, she'd get it. It sounds like she keeps an eye on you. Oh yeah. And and that and that broke her down and you know Jameer. I had Jameer at that time too. He was three years old. And I got custody of Jameer when he was three. So he ain't seen his real mom since he was three years old. Wow. And and uh, so that kind of shut a lot of that stuff down too. But yeah, I just wanted that fast life and didn't care about anything in the world and got and it take I wasn't doing it that long. And you were looking <laughs> for a you were looking for a quick fix. Quick fix. It's a yeah. rush. Yeah. yeah, trying to yeah. get away from all mm-hmm. the yeah. all stuff and making all that yeah. money all the time. And, sure, and I grew up around the games, stuff like that. But basketball, my mom kept me in basketball. My mom and dad kept me in basketball and sports my whole entire life. I would yeah. never be at home during the summer. I was going right. away for camps, basketball camps all summer and stuff like that. And like I said, I made friends with everybody. Yeah, so I had all type of people in and out the house, stuff like that. But would you, so relating it to like your childhood or. <clears throat> One thing I always hear about, and now I'm going down another rabbit hole. Here, <laughs> so, is, well, I didn't have the opportunities. I grew up in the hood, or I grew up in a, a bad neighborhood, and, and I just, you know, I didn't get the opportunities like someone else did. Nah, man, you, you get you all the opportunities yeah, down there, yeah, bro. But, yeah, we, you but, but, you, but I hear that. Yeah, you, I do hear that yeah. from people, and it's like, well. She went to Bosco. So then, <laughs> so then I look, and I'm like, but there's there's people out there that show that. Yeah, I created my. You create your own opportunities, but you got opportunities for whatever. As long as you can, as long as you waking up and your feet touching that ground, you got opportunity to make something of yourself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I grew up all around that, and and I don't never use the excuse for where I'm from to for the things I made the mistakes myself. That was I didn't put nobody put those drums in my hand. Nobody tell me to go do that type of stuff. And mm-hmm. I, that was that was all on me. Um, but you create your opportunity. Yes, and people do. People have it harder than other people. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's and that's and that's the truth. Black, white, Mexican, Chinese, whatever it is, people have a hard time sometimes. But you create your own opportunity, and just the way you just approach life and look at life. Um, I, I guess I when you asked me that question earlier, did stuff I learned in growing up help me through this? Yes, it did. Because I, I took responsibility for my responsibility for my own actions feeling bad i made sure i got up and did something yeah sometimes i did stupid shit like try to commit suicide and stuff like that and i instantly got mad at myself because i knew better than that yeah you know what i'm saying but i had to learn how to forgive myself about it and move on from and use that experience to inspire somebody else to make sure that young kid that young girl that young guy or teenage adult male look at the opportunity different than what they have right now yeah um this is what I just drive on right now. Sure. Yeah, I was just, I was just wondering what your take on it, because oh yeah, we create all opportunities, man. You get, you yeah. get, and I try to, you know, I under, and it might be harder, like yeah. you said, some, you know, it might be a little harder. So yeah. your opportunities, you're gonna have to work for a little bit yeah. more. Um, I ain't think rich kids. I ain't think rich kids. People, everybody has something they go through. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. It, it, well, money, even that money don't, t- money don't stop that. And I think some of yeah. that's hidden too. Yeah. It, look at. 
and I, I relate it. I was having this conversation with a, with a buddy of mine too. And we were talking about all the billionaires in the world. And there's not a ton of them, but these multi-billion, like super rich, whether it's Oprah or Jeff Bezos or, or Elon Musk. Um, and you think, oh man, they got it. They got yeah. all this money. And I'm like, I mean, I look. wish I had those problems, but yeah, but <laughs> yes. <yeah>. But but <laughs> if, but if you look behind closed walls, yeah. they're going through shit oh, yeah. too that yeah. you don't. Yeah. You know, I feel like there's some shit yeah. that you just don't realize, and everybody's got a story. And but look um, at some of the actors that committed suicide and stuff like that all the time, man. That, that stuff is, I'm telling you, depression and trouble. That's that thing is the. It's the toughest thing. I don't care how much yeah. money you got. If you don't get some help or reach yeah, out you, or talk, it's, it's going to tear you up. You look at like Robin Williams, who's yeah. this happy dude that yeah. all you ever see is him being funny and yeah. making people laugh. And then all of a sudden, boom, he's gone. You're like, yeah. what? Yeah. That didn't seem. Yeah. But but part of that, too, is, is, and we talked about this, is like trying to notice a change in someone. Yeah. And and one for him too. Did he not speak out to anybody? And did he feel like he had to internalize it? And He's his, an actor. His job, yeah, his job was to make people laugh, yeah. and he didn't want to burden anybody. That's what exactly why happened with to his me, troubles. I didn't speak out because I always felt like people look at me for the inspiration. I didn't. I didn't find in myself to reach out to people that are around me. And, and when you when you do speak out, I think you'll realize the message for anybody that is going through something is you, you're really not burdening anybody. No, there's a lot of people out there yeah. that want to help you or yeah. they'll, it'll take the time to listen to you or, or whatever it may be. Yeah. So um, I made a post probably about a week ago. Say something about, um, being a loner now or something like that. Since I went through my divorce, I saw that. that. And I didn't mean people, a lot of people, I meant to make a video. A lot of people took it the wrong way. I was saying, this was the most important season I've ever been in my life. Um, before I met Andrea, um, I had never been by myself. I always been up under a woman for my mom, and I'm 46 years old. And so, for my first marriage, going through that divorce, I went straight from that divorce right to my next marriage. Gave myself no time to play, and got a divorce. And so this is, has been the toughest season in my life. Um, and But I know it's the most important season because um, I'm getting to know how to grow by myself and learn how to put that, that fire out and that bridge before I bring everybody else up on it. And uh, just learn, just, just learn how to just enjoy life, live life. Yeah. And, uh, and I never, I don't want to, Ever get used to it? No. Do I want my Do I want a family? Yes. Always want. Always been a family type of person. Just probably because I grew up lonely as only child. Always been a family type of person. Uh, but I know I need this season now to grow. Uh, and and I don't want to start liking it. I don't start loving it because I'm not. But I know I needed it, and it made me. It's making me such a better person to see things different, admit my mistakes I did growing up. Um, Believe in myself more that I can do this and stuff like that's what kind of hit with the whole divorce, the last divorce two years ago, whatever. Just just because I ain't never been by myself, you know. Yeah. 
this past holiday season, this is the first time you know Jameer was going out the house and I actually sat down. I was by myself for the holidays. And since I got my boys and stuff, my two young ones, and it was just, just totally different. It was it was hard as hell. Yeah. But but yeah. I appreciate it though. And I respect that because a lot of people don't take the time to be in tune with themselves. Yeah. They they are so busy that they're not taking that time yeah. to be able to say, "What am I? What am I thinking? What What am I going through? What is? What? Who am I right now?" Yeah. And so a lot of people don't take that self self evaluation. Yes. That's what it is. Yeah. And so I I commend you on that for doing that because especially as males, yeah. we definitely don't do yeah. that. We're We're looking for somebody else to fill that void. Yeah. And so. Um, I too, I've, I've been that way too. Yeah. That's when I was younger, it was like you bouncing from girl to girl just yeah. because you don't want to have that time yeah. where you have to look at yourself in the mirror and find yeah. out who you are. Exactly. So, yeah, that, that's dope. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. And we're glad you're still here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm glad I'm still Even here. Even though too. it's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time. Thanks for yeah, saying yes. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for saying yes, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's oh, always. As soon as you mentioned me, I was like, oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. I knew it. Yeah, no doubt. I like Chris that. will come on Shut for up, sure. Clay. What's that? Nineteen. <laughs> Nine, let's see. Nineteen. Nineteen. Twenty years. Twenty years. Yeah. Since well, I mean, yeah. since we've now you seen age. each other. Twenty. Years. I, no I yeah, know, it's man. Been Twenty years. <laughs> we all older. We got kids. Yeah. Yeah. Who does? No, not you. You're married though. <laughs> Yeah. True. Clay who, finally got married. Man, who would have thought? Who yeah. <laughs> were you the last? No were the, one. You were the last of the friends group to get married. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You Except know why? Because he was doing what you just talked about. Yeah. Well, I, I'm bouncing around. No, you know, I, I don't know what girl I want. I yeah. did hang out by myself for a while, and that was probably one of the best things that I ever did. You self-evaluated and said, yeah, but I need a marriage. It was like two years. <laughs> Two years by myself, going home every night, watching TV on the couch with a... Clay, don't let them get you in trouble. I know, right? Right. Yeah, don't let them get right. you in trouble. Right, he's about to slip. He's about to slip on me. He's about to slip on me. Don't let them get you in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> then I swiped yeah, right. Yeah. That was the end of it. <laughs> you finished the uh, circle. Yep. Everybody's oh, been... Everybody's he's married. Been all we all grown up. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Yeah. No. She won't listen this long. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> she won't get to the yeah. end. Uh, yeah, just don't true. listen past the 45 minute mark. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. Uh, no, it, it's uh, when we had started this, we we're like, man, we got to get him on here. And it took a while, but it was yeah. well worth it. Oh, yeah. And down the road, when you got hopefully not heart transplant stories to tell, but yeah. no. we'll have you back on to discuss some other. Oh, yeah. Yeah, stuff and especially after you get done doing the talk at the school, yeah, I think that'd be dope. I will. Yeah, I will. yeah. And um, any any plans you got going on? And let us know about the uh, run. We would yeah, like to volunteer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen yeah. Walk, yeah for sure. Like yeah, I just talked to them last week um, about making sure I get back involved in some of that stuff because, I, like I said, I stopped doing it for a while, and that's when it started playing playing on my emotion. Like, damn, Chris, are you supposed to be doing something? What else am I supposed to be doing right now? And they just just getting up going to. Or working people out, which I don't even consider working in Planet Fitness a job. Right. You know what I'm saying? I love I love the gym. I don't that's just I'm in the gym all day. That's how I look at it. Yeah. And um but I was like, Chris, you you supposed to be doing something else. And that's when I started getting out of my own way. I've been in my in my own way here. And that mm-hmm. might come up September. Yeah. Is when that I is. think it's September. 
September, gotcha. I think it's the day for it. Who puts it's that a, on? Do you put that on? No, American Heart Association. Oh, okay. I'll That's just right. put a team. I'll, I'll put a team in. Um, You'll put a team together. Yeah, t- team together, and we just we try to get donations and all great shirts and stuff for everybody. We yeah. just down there and do a walk. I ain't doing no running. You, know, you can run like 3.2 miles or something like I think it is. I did the walk. Yeah, I'll do I'm the walk. I'm doing the walk, too. I'm right there with you. I walk no shoulder running. to shoulder. Yeah. I ain't doing no running. Yeah, if you set yeah. one up, though, can you uh, – Hit us up. Oh yeah, and, yeah. I'll uh, say I'm, I'm definitely we'll figure something out. out. Cause they stopped doing it for a while too, though. They yeah, doing it for a while. Gotcha. Of COVID. Yeah, getting back in the swing of things here. Yes, be yep. rocking and rolling by yep. then. So, yep, yep. Yeah, we'll have you on again, and and I'm glad you took the time and keep doing what you're doing. And, I appreciate uh, it. Brother. I appreciate. There's it. Yeah, probably I keep doing a lot what of people. This, this is amazing. There's probably a lot of people out there you don't even know you're helping. I right. mean that. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, not that you would care, yeah. but keep doing it and, and we're glad you're here and glad I got to see you again after yep. all this time. Yep. So with yes. that, um, as I say, dream big, dream often. Going to be great. Later. I know I'm fine, but the money makes me handsomer. Walk around smelling like a come up in the answer for her problems, but I'm not him. I don't mind it though. You don't like me how you think you do. I like it though. I know I'm fine, but the money makes me handsomer. Smelling like a come up in the answer for her problem.